Hey, it's Xavier from Live Circular and welcome to our entry-level podcast where we're working on helping 1 million of you lot get into your first jobs within design, technology, you name it. As long as you're getting into tech, we're happy. Without further ado, I'd love to explain three things that could be holding you back when it comes to getting your UX interview. The first one is your portfolio isn't strong enough. Now, a common thing that happens is we as designers sometimes believe our work's good enough and in the wider world it's just not many downfalls or many reasons why your portfolio might not be good enough is one of them could be you've designed it yourself i strongly urge anybody who is at the beginning of their career as a designer don't design your portfolio find an amazing template and literally use that and work with it simply because your the quality of your work isn't going to be to the standard of say a senior level designer who's able to visually craft a, a aesthetically pleasing portfolio and as well as that lay things out in a clear concise manner that helps you communicate what problems you're solving with that said i'd always recommend finding a template now you might wonder where do you go to find a template or what platform you might want to what platform should you go with i can't tell you what platform to go with it just comes down to what you like and your preference however i've seen that if i were to if i were to start tomorrow one of the things that i would do i'm not affiliated with this company by any means and they don't pay me but i'd go to framer honestly it's probably the for me i think it's one of the easier transitions from being a designer who's capable in figma to getting your work into say a website build that's quite similar to figma in some respects and it's quite powerful with a good community and a lot of high quality not even just like a little bit i'm talking really high quality portfolio uh, templates as well as that if you just went on twitter you can find other templates that people are selling that didn't make it to the frame store but there's quite a lot of options when it comes to your portfolio and finding that being said there are other sites like ux folio which is really good i'd try and stay away from sites like behance behance if that's still a thing dribble the type of portfolio sites where they only show you visual work and they have no they don't allow you to put written content down I'd certainly recommend not going to those sites simply because it's just not that effective to have your portfolio with them. Another area where your portfolio might be lacking is your case studies don't walk through the problems that you're trying to solve very clearly. Very common issue that happens. Sometimes we think we don't well when you're at the start of the career sometimes you don't understand how important it is to tell the story especially you tell the story from start to finish. I've come across many different designers who are struggling to get their first interviews in UX or whatever it is pertaining to that. And one of the common problems that we see is the fact that someone's listed the things that they've done. They show us the work, but they're not telling the story. They just say, oh, I did this. I might have done some research. Then I had a visual design. And this, well, I skipped ideation and I ended up with a visual solution. And in between all of this, there's no actual explanation of what happened in between, how you thought through the problems, what obstacles you faced, and why you overcame them. That's a massive area where if you're good at telling someone the what, the why, the how does it work, you pretty much get storytelling. And it's fairly simple and straightforward to get 
your content from the start to the finish at that point. You can tell us what the problem is, why it's an important problem to solve and how you're going to solve it or how you've solved it. And then just repeat that throughout the design process. If you're not doing that, you're literally not going to meet the bare minimum, in my opinion, that a designer will need to be able to convince someone that they're capable, especially considering you will have a lot of competition that are capable of storytelling. They're the ones that are getting the interviews. That's a big thing that I see quite a bit and it's an area where a lot of people can improve on by just taking a step back and realizing, yes, it's great that you've done the hard bits and you've done the hard work to get to the point where you've got a case study, but you still have to work on the case study. The case study is an experience that you need to deliver for the reader as well as yourself just delivering work for the world to see. The second point is your resume or your CV is written poorly. Now, when I say written poorly, I'm talking typos, grammatical errors. These are so common. And if I'm completely honest, it's a very simple solution. Again, I'm not affiliated or I'm not being sponsored by this company. But if you do want to sponsor a little video or a little podcast, I am here. But yeah, Grammarly, if you've not come across Grammarly, it's a free tool. It can be free or you can pay for it. It's a tool that helps you get rid of typos. It helps you get rid of grammatical errors, and it can also help you form sentences. And if you want to use some of the AI features, you've got an effective way to formulate content, I guess, or the written content. But I'd just stick to using it for grammar and typos to begin with. When it comes to fixing your written mistakes, use that. It's, it's just going to help you out so much, especially if you're someone who knows that you've got dyslexia. Something like Grammarly could be an effective way to potentially work around the fact that you might need someone to proofread it first. You use Grammarly, it's just so easy. I can't explain how easy it is. Also, I feel like some resumes can be visually bland. I'm not saying you need it to be exciting, but if you're going for a designer job, the last thing you're going to want to do is have a CV or resume that's written in Times New Roman and it's just black and white with... It, you know, it's not the 1980s, man. It's not 2001. You actually do need some sort of, you know, je ne sais quoi. Give it some sauce, man. I see a lot of, you know, CVs that aren't templated. Like if you work from a template, you're already much better than someone who's just used whatever word gives them. And it's not visually appealing. If you're a designer, you've naturally got some sort of visual skill. Use it. Like you can build out a CV in Figma for all. Yeah, you can build out a CV in Figma and like that's fairly effective. Granted, you won't have Grammarly, but there's ways to take that information and put it into Figma if you really want to do that. But there are many ways to go about it. Even, you know what? I've got a point. We even have a free resume tool, or sorry, we have a free resume template that you can download. I will link it to this video and download it, take advantage of it. Honestly, it's there for free. If you don't want to use ours, go on the internet, find one, but please use something that actually follows some sort of theme of, I guess, some sort of aesthetic theme, as well as that, you get extra points if it matches your portfolio. If I'm looking at it, you definitely get extra points if there's a consistent theme from your portfolio to your resume and vice versa. I think an area of improvement for a lot of people who are looking for their first interviews are when it comes to your resume, don't write lists of things that you've done instead of telling us your achievements. It's more important for you to tell us what you've achieved in a job than it is for you to tell us, oh, um, I've done X, Y, Z. Again, 
going back to the last podcast where I talked a little bit about the fact that you don't need formal education. A lot of people who are going to get their first design jobs don't have, they don't come from a background in design, as you can imagine. So naturally, I'm aware that your CV won't be tailored towards a design job. But think about it this way. If you can tell us what you've achieved and some of those things coincide with what would be expected as a designer, it'd be so much more fruitful for you to explain your achievements and tell us what you're capable of doing and achieving for a company as well as your teammates and yourself. So for instance, if you have had a job in customer service and you're capable of dealing with very stressful situations with customers and you can resolve their problems that they come to you with and have them leave with a good impression of the company and also potentially retain, retained as a customer, that's something that as a designer we do via visual design and our UX uh, expertise, of course. Telling us you do that sort of stuff and you're able to achieve, even if you can add numbers, tell us how many people you can retain as customers if that's your scenario. That sort of thing is so much more helpful for a potential hiring manager to make their decision on whether they should offer you an interview, especially if it's like HR that you're convincing to let you through and get an interview. Tell us information like that. We don't want to know that you can go into work and use Word. We don't want to know, as I, I say we have hired in the past, but we don't want to know that you're capable of using a software. We want to know what you can achieve with that software. The bare minimum of the job will be probably to use said software, but everyone's got different levels of competency. I'd certainly recommend telling us what you can achieve. The third thing, the final thing is you're not applying to roles effectively. Now, the first thing that I'd say in this matter is volume. I know that recently there's not been as many jobs in the design world, but there are still plenty of jobs that people can apply for, whether they're remote, hybrid or whatever, If especially if you live in like a major city. That being said, if you live in a rural area, I guess hybrid and in-office roles are going to be different. But I digress. You, a lot of people who want to get their first interview a lot of them just don't apply to enough roles. I'm telling you, like, if we're thinking about getting a job interview, it's a numbers game. You can't apply to five jobs and hope that you're going to get each, an interview for each. You might be competing. You know what? You're not, it's not a might. You will be competing with other people. It could be hundreds. It could be thousands. It depends on the company and, like, their brand and how attractive the role is. But expect to be competing with people and... The process for getting an interview in itself when it comes to a hiring manager looking at your work or whatever, they don't have a lot of time. Just bear in mind that if the other two things that we mentioned so far aren't on point, chances are you're not going to get there. That being said, some companies might be smaller. They don't have as many applications or applicants, sorry, but they still need, you still have a job to get into their pool of candidates. That's where volume comes into it. I think when it comes to applying for jobs, if you can apply to three jobs a day, if you can apply to three jobs every day for, I'd say, two months at least, you will have landed an interview and you'll quickly find out where some of your deficiencies are or your incompetencies are in terms of your portfolio. If you've applied to three jobs a day, even two jobs a day, really thorough applications, I'll get to that in a minute. But if you apply to two jobs a day, for instance, I've even lowered it down for two months, that's what 60 plus applications. If you do that, 
if you're not getting any interviews, you know that it's not a market. Like if you're being very honest with yourself, you'd be able to find out that it's not a market thing. It's probably a you problem. And when we say that it's a you problem, it will most likely be the first two things. Either your portfolio isn't good or your resume isn't clear enough at telling someone that you're capable. Likely to be the portfolio before the resume, if I'm completely honest. You can get away with having a mediocre resume if your portfolio is amazing. I've seen it. Plus, to be fair, I've been that person. I won't say my mind's amazing, but it's, it was good enough. And yeah, you can learn roles like that. So I'd say volume is the shit, like number one driver. A lot of people, what can happen is sometimes you might apply for three roles today and then you won't apply for a job until Friday and you might apply for one job on Friday. Then next week you might apply to two jobs and then five jobs the week after. And then you'd be in a position where there's no real consistency. There's no strategy behind what you're doing. And it's just a hit and hope. And if we look at the two-month period, you might have applied to maybe 15, 20 jobs at most. Let's be honest, that's not going to get you much. If you're amazing, fair enough. Like even the most amazing candidates might not, that won't be satisfied. It won't be satisfactory for getting uh, a good quantity of interviews. So yeah, I'd certainly recommend improving the volume and Having a strategy, have a bare minimum that you need to apply for every day to be able to get a job. I'd say that would be a big thing when it comes to volume. There are many ways to apply for a job and a lot of them, a lot of them, a lot of the standard ones that we're taught are just go on a job board or find a job website and apply. What I'd recommend, something that we've recommended to our talent, our graduates, our students many times over it's have a more thorough application process. So remember, I've lessened it down to two companies per day. If you're applying for two companies per day, I want you to A, have a cover letter, at least a template that you can adjust and tailor it to the company that you're going to apply for. If you need help with a cover letter, I'm not going to lie, use ChatGPT. It can help you way better than any advice I'm going to give you straight away. It'll do the hard work for you. Don't just copy and paste from ChatGPT though tweak it work on it everyone we know what chat a lot of uh, hiring managers will know what chat gpt text looks like because other people are doing it use it as a framework and then build on it but that's number one as well as that the next part of applying in a more tailored way is going to be find people that work for that company whether those are other designers whether those are hiring managers whether those are the head of design or like project managers, people that you will possibly work with or they have they have some sort of direct relationship with the team that you might be working with. I'd recommend reaching out to these people. Here's something that I might say. Imagine I'm looking at a job and I find the a lead designer at a company that I would be interested in. Let's say I'm applying for Columbia and they want a product designer, but they've already got a lead designer, right? I'm going to reach out to the lead design. I'm going to go on LinkedIn, look at their staff and try and find, I'll literally go through the, the people that work there. Keyword, command F and try and find design. I'm going to find the person. Once I find the person, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to say, hey, look, I'm applying for a job at Columbia. What would be your advice in terms of things that they might be looking for? I'd ask an open-ended question and I'll try and get a conversation. I'd, I might even ask, hey, would you recommend this company to a friend? I'll ask them questions. I will almost treat them as if they're being interviewed. I'll try and find out if there's ways that I can help. 
I can get information from them, but also show them that I might be a serious candidate that they could trust if I were to be on their team. A big thing with this is if you can strike up a relationship with these sorts of people, they might actually be the people that could recommend you to the company, refer you to the company. They might have advice for you on how to pass the interview stages and how the interview stages work. They won't be able to be there in the room and tell you the answers, but they can help They can help you get over the line and help. If your work's good enough, they can help bridge a lot of the gaps. If it comes down to a day where, for instance, you might be meeting the team, they might be able to advocate for you because they've already spoke to you in the past and they thought you were cool. This stuff goes so, you know, it flies under the radar and people miss this part, but you are being interviewed by other people who are humans that want to be around people that they like. If you... Are skipping the fact that you can you have the opportunity to find these people that already work for the company and you can speak to them and get good advice from them and also leave an impression on them you're missing out simply applying using quick applies and stuff like that it's not good enough i promise you it's not good enough and that's the bare minimum some people will be successful using it but the large a large majority won't be able to get away with that you will have to go above and beyond in some scenarios going above and beyond will take you a lot more effort and a lot more time but let's be honest how serious about getting this first job are you if you're not very serious and you just want to quick apply fair enough i can't help you but if you want to go the step further and get leave a lasting impression and you also want to get a specific type of role these are the things that i would recommend i would strongly recommend will help your case and they will also help you get your first opportunities. I've seen it countless times and like I've said before, we've helped over 250 people land their first jobs in design and other areas relating to design as well as software engineering now. And a lot of these practices that I'm telling you, they're the inside, they're inside bits of information that other people just won't say and if they do say it they sugarcoat it quite a bit and i don't think there's any need i have nothing to lose and i want everyone to be able to have an opportunity if that's something that i can do through my experience i'm going to give it so yeah that was all i have on this topic at the moment for three common reasons why you're not getting your first ux interview a few more it was three but i elaborated a little bit but yeah that was it I hope this was a great episode. If you have any ideas or any topics that you would want to see me explore, please reach out and I'm going to do my best. I think this was a little bit of a longer episode, but I hope it was satisfactory anyway. All good. Peace.